We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, Kirk Anderson and Josh Bow joining you early Wednesday-ish morning. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Uh, just turned after midnight here on the East Coast. I'm joined by Josh Bow. We just witnessed probably the most points the Mavericks will ever give up in a playoff game ever again. They got slaughtered by the Los Angeles Clippers, 154 to 111. Josh, any thoughts? Um, maybe most points they'll ever give up just in a game. Period. I think this was the record regardless of the playoffs or regular season. I've watched the Mavericks. Anything is possible. Yeah. Giving up lots of points. I don't know uh, how I feel about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, thoughts are weird. We, you know, we just talked about uh, right before we went on the air where I was like, I don't know what, I don't know if there's anything to write. And you're like, don't, don't write anything, anything. Cause this game is just so like when a team thoroughly kicks your ass so hard this much, it's just like, you know, you want to, you can't even be like, well, Przingis, like Przingis doesn't. No, he doesn't make up for that. Yeah. No. You know, it's, it's, this no. is, this was just like a cosmic ass kicking that was written in the stars that I don't know if the Mavericks could have done too much to prevent. Uh, they could have made it at least not look as bad, but uh, this was just never, I don't know. I'm not one for like, uh, you know, sometimes it's not your night, but this, this was not their. <laughs> This was yeah. just not their night. Uh, they didn't have it, man. They just well, didn't have it. So the Mavericks came out firing early. Actually, yeah. nice. I was really worried about the uh, the Tim Hardaway effect because he hit some early shots, which sometimes makes him turn into Tim Hardaway that we don't like watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then essentially what happened was Kawhi Leonard um, turned into like Megatron and just started like just barreling down the lane there's an incredible clip put out by the the guy patrick who runs the ringer social where you just watch him shoving uh dorian out of the way with his off arm and i'm not talking like blatant but it's it's a clear offensive foul but i do understand why the refs don't call it 
because it's like a two-inch movement by Kawhi. And each time, whoever's guarding him, I'm pretty sure it's Dorian, just goes flying. And then the guy lays it in. So he had like a ton of points in the first quarter. And so by the time that first quarter was over and it was 22 to 41, it felt done then. Yes, it did. Uh, I believe the Clippers... The huge run, they were it was 24 to 2 in four minutes and three seconds. And my lord, it is I mean, I know we're in this crazy offensive area of the NBA, but it is hard to score 24 points in an NBA game in four minutes. Like that is a lot of points in not a lot of time. Uh and the Clippers did it and they did it in a playoff game. And uh it was very much a like we're sick of this shit game, I think, from mm-hmm. the Clippers. Uh it felt very obvious that they were not amused watching highlights of Luca walking in the locker room and getting water sprayed over him like the Mavericks just won a championship. Yep. Uh, they're they're I, you could tell they were just pissed off about that. And every we can talk about how weird the energy they give off is because they kind of act like uh, you know they act they don't really act like a team that's been here before. But whatever, they're good, they're talented, and the Mavericks at full strength still have an uphill challenge against this team. Uh, so without Chris Stops, without Dwight Powell, without Jalen Brunson, uh, with Luka on a bad ankle, it's just like game four was, it just kind of further emphasizes how magical game four was and how historic of Luke, uh, Luka's performance was. Because this is really, this is closer to the reality than what game four was if we're being completely honest like uh it's it it sucks but you know at least there was that game four moment in and they had they won game two like they're doing things that i didn't expect but the clippers are the clippers man they are a buzzsaw their talent one through eight is unlike almost any other team in the nba and when they have their heads on right and when they're focused and when they care they are a terminator of a team and i don't even know like i'm just How do you look at this game and be like, all right, let's make some adjustments? It's like, man, I don't know, just just play harder, I guess. It's 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 a tough loss. I'm I'm just struggling to talk about it. Well, between you and me, um, our our podcasting uh, host just punted me. So much like the the Dallas Mavericks offense, I I, uh, our podcast thing seemed to fail. So can you hear me? Just checking. Yeah, I can hear you. That's wild. I literally dropped off the call for 40 seconds and was going, no! Anyways, we're here. And, you know, we're going to leave this in because it's late and I don't think our audience cares. We're all uh, going through this together. Um, I do I do think it actually is worth talking a little bit about the specific thing. You told me to write about this in the recap, and it's kind of the bulk of my recap as far yeah. as what the Clippers decided to do differently. Um, you're smarter than me about this, even though I wrote on it. So why don't you, why don't you kind of talk about what the Clippers did defensively to really fluster the Mavericks? Well, I think they kind of realized, you know, in game four, Luca was kind of getting whatever he wanted in the drop coverage and against mismatches. So not only did they stop playing less drop coverage, they stopped switching as easily. And basically what they did in every pick and roll was they ignored the screener. I mean, when you think about the Mavericks and their what you know fuels their offense, it's Luca in the pick and roll. It's Luca in the pick and roll with Dwight Powell and Kristaps Porzingis and and spacing the floor with shooters. You have Dwight Powell setting the screen and Kristaps, you know, thirty feet from the rim and and Tim Hardaway Jr. in the corner and Dorian Finney-Smith the other corner. Like it, it, you know, Dwight Powell, you know, going downhill and and Luca being crafty. Like that is when they're clicking and. 
when you take away Kristaps and you take away Dwight Powell and you got Maxi Kleba, uh, who, you know, God bless him. He's trying and he's going, he's going through some shit, man. He's not having a great series, but he is still, you know, giving effort, but he is not a guy that the Clippers care about when he is setting a screen, whether he's rolling or whether he's popping. Cause if he's popping, they could care less if he's shooting threes with how he's shooting threes in the series and rolling. He's just not as he's gotten better from his rookie season, but he is, he is nowhere near a Dwight Powell or even a Przingis in terms of the presence and the timing and uh, the command he deserves uh, rolling down the rim. So basically, you know, Luca's getting a screen set for him and the, and whoever's guarding the screener is jumping out. It's not a switch. It's more, it's, it's a really hard show. Uh, and then he's letting the defender who's getting screened, you know, get back into the play. And this entire time, they don't care. You know, I, there's some help defense shaded towards the towards Maxi or ever sent the screen. But to be, be honest, they don't care. They, you know, as long as Luca is not getting an easy pass, an easy pass to someone in a good position or easy shot, like what does it matter? This Mavericks team doesn't have enough guys that can hurt you when you play that kind of defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, despite how good Trey Burke and Seth Curry have been. So yeah, like when the pick and roll is your engine and half of that engine is gone basically when you don't have the, the deadly screeners and Kristaps and Dwight Powell, it's hard. It puts a lot on Luca to kind of just create something out of nothing. And when he has a bum ankle, that's really hard for him. I, a lot of hard. bodies in the lane. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing, you know, and, and gosh, there's this guy, um, I think his name is Justin Russo fly by night is, uh, is his Twitter handle. And he was sharing some of these statistics, uh, following game four and the guy who's actually really stonewalled Luca is uh, Zubak. <laughs> yeah. And if there's one thing I'm taking away from this series and you're watching, you know, actually probably two things. One is Luca needs to make free throws because he's shooting 68% on the series. And, you know, you can, he's too good for that. It's just, there's too many points on the board. But the thing, the other thing that I'm really taking away is that Luca is going to have to figure out the next counter to big men who learn to stay home on him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's going to be the next read because he's not a guy with, with, with hyper athleticism. He, he gets away with ball fakes and a lot of sidesteps and really kind of uh, crafty and power maneuvers. But what do you do when a guy who's six inches taller than you simply puts his hands up in the air? Um, Boban Marjanovic could also learn to put his hands up in the air, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, uh, Zubak just stood there a lot of the times and Luca to his credit, didn't force up many shots which is, I suppose, a good thing, but it essentially was the the end to a lot of possessions where he'd have to either pass out, get the ball back, and reset, and I don't really remember them making that many off of that, and I, I think that's going to be, that That was really what the Clippers realized in addition to, you know, blitzing him. It was essentially holding their ground with bigger guys, and it worked, and Luca's going to have to figure something out. He had his floater game going early, but he he sort of went away from that to an extent because they're you know later in the in the first and second quarters when he's running pick and rolls with Boban the lane's so clogged he doesn't really have that option um, felt like very nineties ish basketball for a moment there with him so that was that's kind of the thing that I that that I, I I'm taking away as far as there's very little that I really want Luca to improve but I do think that that's going to stand out on tape to where if you just tell your big your Rudy Gobert's your your uh, any sort of you know tall defensive big, don't bite on his fake. We'll live with it. Just put your hands up. 
And yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see what he develops, and he will. He's he's yeah. too smart to figure that, this out. I mean, you know, I, does, does that make sense? Kind of rambling. Yeah, no, out. you're you're right. And and another counter to that though is him becoming a better three point shooter because yeah. then he can step into those threes off the pick and roll a lot better. You know, a lot easier and a lot more confidently. Uh, if the big is just going to be like, all right, I'm going to meet you at the rim. Well, he'll walk into that. He'll walk into that three, and then. Uh, that, that will help, and it will get guys to be more fearful of him out at the three-point line. I mean, they already kind of are. They, they guard mm-hmm. him like he's a good three-point shooter, but 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 that will help if he's a good three-point shooter. That'll help loosen things yeah. up a bit. Yeah, I mean, past that, the rest of the Mavericks, you know, like, like Seth Curry was a complete non-factor, negative 27, which was shocking compared to how good he's been in the first game, uh, yep. you know. DeLon Wright got some burn and we were reminded almost immediately of why he, he hasn't gotten burn. And in my opinion, why I think the Mavericks will look to move him. He just, he's playing like a guy with the yips, uh, just completely unaware of the things he's supposed to do. I've gone from being frustrated to feeling bad. Like it's yeah. painful watching this guy play basketball. He looks lost. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the rest of the starters, like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba shot five of ten from three. You know, they grabbed ten boards between the two of them. They played pretty good defense. You know, Dorian had some really crushing turnovers whenever they're trying to get back in the game early. Um, but I, I just taking the long view, I'm having a hard time. You know, earlier in the year, I was so pissed at these guys over every little thing, <laughs> and now I'm just like. These are undrafted guys. These are guys that are playing. You know, it's like what we talked about. They're they're playing probably two spots up in the rotation compared to where they're best suited. So what do you do about that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, And then, you know, and they're playing, and that's two spots up when you have everyone healthy. And right. now someone's not healthy. Your second star is not healthy. Guess what? They're one or two more spots higher than that. So yeah. uh, that's just not a good, and it's kind of funny, like, you know, the, they weren't too terribly afraid of the shooters because they really were trying to stop Luca and the Mavs starters outside of Luca hit their threes. Um, It just wasn't, it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't like the Clippers were like, okay, you'll get us once or twice here, but, but we, with the way we're, we're gunning on offense, like you're going to have to keep, you know, like it was just an unsustainable pace. Like the Mavericks shot 32% from three, but their starters Kleba two of four, Finney Smith three of six, Burke two of three, Hardaway three of seven. Like that's good. That's like I would take that a lot of nights for the Maverick starters from from three, uh, considering where, where they can be. Uh, it just wasn't like it just wasn't enough to scare the Clippers into doing something different, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the bench just didn't really have it. And we were talking the last game in Game Four. Remember how we were like, man, Trey Burke and Seth Curry are shooting like eighty percent combined yep. in this series, and it's like. Imagine if they shot 75%, which would still be otherworldly, but they would have lost like game four and maybe game two. Uh, and you kind of saw that, right? Like Trey Burke, 15 points on 11 shots, six of 11 shooting. That's still really, that's great for him, but it's not seven of eight shooting in 25. You know, like it's the margins the Mavericks are playing with, with the roster that they have. They're, they're razor thin. They almost have to pitch perfect games. Uh, to 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 be to, to get a win, uh, and they were obviously they were obviously not perfect tonight. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. 
We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Well, you know, and before we get out of here, I do think we have to talk about the, the thing that was really vexing everybody. And I wrote about it in the recap, and I'm probably going to get fired up again, but I'm just... Yeah, get fired up. I'm not fired up. So you can language, language warning. I have to make this one explicit again. But I mean, tell me why the fuck I know who Kane Fitzgerald is. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Who are you? You're the asshole who threw LeBron James out of the only game he's ever been out of. You are the balding man with a terrible hairline who threw quick <laughs> that Porzingis out of out of game one that effectively changed this series. You're the guy that threw Luca or uh, uh, Rick Carlisle out of the game tonight. When Rick Carlisle was right about your crew's bad refereeing decision on a coach's challenge, they lost control of this game when the game was up 30 points. There were six technical fouls handed out in this game, and it's all because this crew didn't know what it was doing. I am tired of knowing what referees' names are. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be that guy. It's boring. It's not fun. The last few games I felt were called evenly. I felt most of this game was called evenly. But I still have to hear about who this asshole is once again. And I'm tired (laughs) of it. I'm watching this thing right now where they don't have control of the game. Marcus Morris intentionally tried to hurt Luka Doncic. He should be held out of the next game or fined or something. And I'm watching the refs on slow motion Watch him walk towards Luca and step on his ankle on purpose. And after the game, you know, by the time this gets published and this is going out there, this is going to be a thing in the NBA. There are bigger things happening in the world right now, okay? And so it's just a basketball game. And Doc Rivers is talking about, you know, social justice and Jacob Blake getting shot by the police. And You know, the fact that I'm having to talk about something like this, which makes me fired up, I should be more fired up about other things. But watching this happen on replay to Luca and watching the refs be unable to have any sort of control in this game means the NBA officials once again misunderstand what their role is and don't seem to understand the basic aspects of their job. This is just, it was frustrating. Because if Luca, you know, what if he hurts his ankle on this thing? What if he really hurts his ankle and they don't call foul? This is like when Jalen Brunson got maimed in the middle of the Hawks game for no foul. And it ruined the Mavericks season. This sort of crap is why replay is supposed to exist. And these guys use it for the weirdest stuff. I don't know. (laughs) I like this. This is good. Uh, But, uh, 
I can't disagree with anything you're saying. And my thing has always been like the the calls, the blown calls on like fouls and like, oh, they didn't see this guy step out of bounds. Like that's the stuff that like will piss me off. But I will eventually after the game be like, you know what? I get it. Like players miss shots, refs miss calls. Like that's human nature that they cannot call sure. a perfect game and all that stuff. It's what you're talking about. Six technical fouls and then the Marcus Morris thing. Like Marcus there's six technical the game was by 20 points. Like what yeah. are you doing? Right. Like it's the things that they have in their control that aren't bang, bang. Oh, I just missed this. It's the things that they're, they're going out of their way to damper the enjoyment of watching the basketball game. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point is we want to watch is it, it's an entertainment product. We want to watch, we want to watch the game. The NBA wants to make money because we want to, you know, they make money when we're enjoying watching the game. So this by this weird by the, you know, trying to be by the book in terms of all this bull crap after the, after the whistle shenanigan, like just, you know, just get out of, you know, get out of the way, you know, get out of the way enough to where, it's not a, a a circus, but also that you're not actively uh, dampering the enjoyment of the game. It's just there's a balance there that the, that NBA officials just seem to be unable to grasp night in and night out. Like, man, six technical fouls in a game that's decided by 40 points and one of those technical fouls not being on Marcus Morris is like, what are we doing here? You know, like, uh, it's just it's too much. And, yeah, you know, the Clippers are a little extra chirpy. I get it. You know, the Mavericks are trying not to uh, be punked. Uh, it's very clear that they do not want to seem like a team that's going to get pushed around. But it's got to be a better way to go about it because it's not fun to watch. Yeah. I'm not enjoying watching a ref show in a 40-point game. Yeah. Well, you know. But, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Other than that, how was your was Also, like, really, firm hearty congratulations, the number two seed in the West. Los Angeles Clippers for overcoming adversity and beating the number seven seed Dallas Mavericks. I, I just, I really want to issue that to them and their clown show, you know, just that what's going on that sideline stuff. We, we really got to have our own. It looked like jackasses. Like, I don't know. That's probably too much. They're, I, I like like half their players. We're probably going to sign Marcus Morris and I'm going to have to think about this. crap. <laughs> That would be such a that's such a Mavericks. It's the move, most right? Mavericks thing. Oh yeah, guy who guy who fucks you must sign him. <laughs> hey, at least he's a wing and he's not <laughs> he's not like a six three guard or something that they've already got like eight of them. Uh, so I guess there's that. <sighs> I don't know. Man, I'm yawning. This is not this is not good. Oh no, Kirk! Did we lose Kirk? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are still recording, but I do not hear Kirk. We might have lost Kirk. Okay, well, it looks like we have lost Kirk. Technical malfunction. Hey, the Mavericks malfunction, we malfunction. It happens. Uh, so we're just going to call this podcast again. The Mavericks uh, lose to the Clippers 154-111. Clippers shoot 63% from the field, 62.9% from three. An unbelievable shooting performance. The Mavericks just did not have it. Clippers responded after a devastating game four loss. We'll see what the Mavericks have to respond game six. That is Thursday night. Kirk and I will be back again, and we will either be 
excitedly talking about a game seven or we will start uh dissecting the maverick season uh, and what an exciting season it is no matter what happens on thursday night so let's get out of here uh for for kirk this is josh maz moneyball after dark mavericks lose game five to the clippers we'll be back thursday night It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com